and welcome to Game Changers with Vicki Abelson. And my guest tonight is Candy Clark. Look how gorgeous you are. Thank you. Can you talk? Can we hear you? Can Candy, I talk? Frozen. Wait, I can't hear you, Candy. Candy. I, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Now I can hear you. Oh, my God. I can hear you. <laughs> Oh my God. Hi, everybody. Let me see if we're on Facebook. Let's make sure we're actually there. Okay. I don't see us on Facebook now. Okay. Wait, somebody else clicked into it. So we are there. Okay. Okay. So a little, Oh, having some tech challenges. <laughs> okay. Andy, I'm exhausted. We haven't even started and I'm exhausted already. Uh, I know. Oh, Oh, God. Okay, so people are starting to join us now. Oh, hi, hey. Bill. Hi, Laura. Hi, Tom. Hi, Marge. Hi, Maria. Hi, Tony. Oh, hello, beauties and COVID crazies. Okay, so uh, Tony is telling us that. Are these oh, your regulars? These are, these are the COVID crazies. And Candy, you're one of us, which is fantastic. Because I want, I, I'm trying to get it so that my light isn't in the. I can actually read everything on Streamyard. Candy, tell me, tell us. You look so gorgeous. You've done Thank some God. lighting. No, come on. COVID's really agreeing with you. You look fantastic. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> tell me what that means. No, it's not. Well. Right now it's the uh, academy season, the party season, and I am stuck at home and I am sick of it. You know, I this is the first makeup I've had on in months, really. Um, you know, it just goes against my person. You know, I like to be out and about and doing yeah. stuff. And, and this has just been an exercise in patience, really. It's just, it's but I haven't, you know, broken down yet. It's not beat me yet. And I've got my first shot. And I'm very happy about that. And I go back in 23rd to get my second one. And, and I'll be, you know, still masked up, but not looking over my shoulder so much. Okay. So tell me something. Are you, yes. um, are you, I'm trying, it, it has the wrong information on the show because I threw in an old link. So it says that I'm here with Randy Coleman, which I'm not. And I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how Randy, to. Randy, I have a brother named Randy. Do you, I'm trying to figure out how to change it and um, not being very successful. Let's see if I can figure out how to change it. Um, so, so I've gone to parties with you and done all this stuff with you. Um, done a lot of the stuff with you in, in Academy season. And we've had some great fun. fun. We met Bert Young. We met Timothy Chalamet. What was that fantastic girl that we met that young, uh, do you remember that movie we saw with that incredible young, uh, African-American girl and we were with her at, Oh uh, yeah, she was, uh, I don't remember. I can't I remember. COVID mush brain. I can't remember what the, um, uh, okay, so now it's letting me get into change. I remember the, her, but I can't remember the movie, sorry. I don't either, but we did, we had a lot of fun, and yeah. um, those were the days, I no? I you at a concert. That's right, we were at the Who. Yep. Right? 
And that was pretty amazing. I'm, I'm actually changing. You're, you're hearing me distracted because I'm actually changing the um, now live. I'm actually writing copy uh, right now as we talk. But now the show will at least say that you're on it with me, which is a good thing. Okay, there we go. Oh, no, it still says Randy Coleman. <laughs> Oh my God, Candy, this is just making me so crazy. I can't even tell you. It's not letting me change it. Oh, I can't. Now, so everybody, now you're not screaming and cussing before you were so, off camera. So, everybody, so everybody's on here. So let me tell you guys what happened. So I sent Candy the Zoom link as we do every week and it wasn't working and it wasn't working and we've been trying to get on and trying to get on. And then I was trying to remember the name of the other uh platform and if that took a while that you know it's just been a nightmare so now i'm trying to figure out i'm, I'm in this broadcast with randy coleman and it won't let me change it <laughs> saying that it's candy so i'm trying to figure out how to how to do that and it's not letting me do it so we're just i'm just gonna have to hope that people know you're not randy i'm not coleman. unhappy <laughs> randy's very cute I'm do, you not know, unhappy. do you know randy is the son of dabney coleman uh oh, what is that squeak happening? I don't have a squeak. This is faded. I don't hear a squeak. Um, I don't hear a squeak. Is there a squeak, everybody out there? Tell me if you guys are hearing a squeak. You still hearing it, Candy? I can't hear you now. No, your mic there. is on. There you are. Um, I'm not hearing a squeak. Oh, so why don't we just go on and just, you know, wing it? Well, that's what we're already on. We're already on winging yeah, it. Yeah, but all we're talking about is this thing is. Yeah, I know. Okay, so, oh, I do hear a squeak. Why don't we just go on and just, you know, wing it? This is what happened. We're already on. We're already on winging it. Yeah, but all we're talking about is. Now it's repeating. <laughs> They're hearing the squeak too, so that's not working. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out now how to get rid of the squeak. Um, it's a buzz. There's a buzz. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but there's a there is a terrible buzz, and I don't know why. High frequency buzz. This you is know. such a funny inner. <laughs> You know, you know, we're going to, wow, when we have all these people with us, Candy, if we go Yeah, on let's Facebook, get with it. Do the okay, best so we can. Well, no. It doesn't matter. It's just it another matter. interview. Well, no, it's bothering everybody. So we don't want to do, they can't hear us. Well, we can do it another day. I, well, no. So my makeup we, on again. We're going to, no, you're, you're looking gorgeous. We're going to do this. Um, what we're going to do is. Um, I am going to go live on Facebook and I'm going to invite you to come on <laughs> while I'm on Facebook. So you're going to have to click something, which means that you're when you're going to have to go to my page, my Facebook page. Everybody, you're in on this because you're here in the bus. You're going to go on my Facebook page and you're going to see me live. And you're going to click and you're going to go, you're going to look in that, you're going to click in that, you're going to watch the live broadcast. And while I'm live, I'm going to invite you into the broadcast. 
Okay. Okay. And you're just going to touch a button and it's going to bring you in. Okay. Okay. Let's go for it. Uh, I hope it works. <laughs> coming from my feed, they're saying, I don't know how to change that. Let's see if I go down lower. Okay. I'm going down. Her no voice is, is faint. Um, are you guys still hearing it from me? It's not your, so for some reason. Hey, I got all night. I don't have any place to go. Live on this thing. Let me try my audio settings. Uh, let's try um, internal built-in mic. Let's try that. Okay, oh. so now you still hear the buzz? No, it's gone, whatever you did. It's gone. Yes. Okay. Yay. Okay. Well, this has been an incredibly annoying. Okay. I'm now coming back to zero and I'm getting okay. I'm okay now. All right. Let's start over. Hi, Candy Clark. Hey, Vicki Abelson. <laughs> I just what's turned my that, head. What's in that can? I just turned my head fast and I got dizzy. I'm like having like a, an anxiety attack. It's sparkling water. <laughs> Yeah, I just turned my head and all of a sudden, like the room started to spin. Um, okay, all good now. Okay, so in other words, I can't use the microphone from my, okay, see, I learn now. Oh, I'm exhausted from this. We've been doing this tech <laughs> for 45 minutes. I'm not a tech person. Are you? I'm not. Oh, see, they're saying. Am I? Like, no. I do the best I can. That's all I can do. It's hard. Yeah, I'm not it's going hard. to classes or anything i just you know <laughs> i feel like i should go out and, and start this podcast again but i'm not going to do it we're just going to keep rolling we're just going to be tough so what when's your there, second what are we gonna talk about? Uh, first i want to know about your vaccine when did you get your first vaccine um approximately the date <laughs> i'd have to no, no, no. I'm just going back on the 23rd, which is an exact month. And did you get a second appointment? Yes. Where did you get your, your vaccine? Where did I get it? At um, UCLA in Agoura Hills. You are so... On the public health mentioned some UCLA clinics. And so I couldn't get on at Dodge Stadium. I couldn't get on at any of the other places. So I just scrolled on down, found some UCLA, and I went on and started filling out the form, and I got an appointment. It's amazing. I was supposed to get there at 6. I got there at 5 and parked, and then there was a small line. I was about number 8 to go in. Opened the doors at 5.30, and uh, I did everything, including the sit down for 15 minutes and I was back in my car that's at 5 30. okay now wait a minute somebody just said that I'm still having a buzz is there still a buzz please tell me um you've got I can't believe it took me six hours at Dodger Stadium Candy and I didn't I get know, a I read meeting. your your posts on Facebook so were you able to get to the UCLA? I'm doing this because a lot of people are in LA. Were you able to get to the UCLA thing right on the, the county website or did you go to yes. UCLA? That's where I found it. Yeah. Wow. And I go to, you know, uh, 
doctors that work with UCLA and also with others. And um, Cedars wasn't offering any vaccines, but uh, UCLA it was. And so right. I went thing and uh, got it. It's amazing. A friend of mine got UCLA one. He got contacted, but it's because he has cancer. And so UCLA reached out to all their cancer patients first, from what I understand. Oh, that, was, that was good. That's very good. And you're, you're about five days behind me. So maybe things changed after I got mine, but I don't have a second appointment. And I know a friend. going to show up in a month? Well, they say they're going to get in touch with me three to five days before I'm due. Do I trust them to do that? So I went on the website. Well, it's a little scary. The CDC contacted me today and said, You're, you, you should try to get an appointment soon for your second vaccine. And I did try to go online and do one at Dodger Stadium. And it said it gave me the right date, but then it didn't. It gave me one this week too soon. But I know somebody that was contacted for their second shot. And it was only 18 days after her first one. And she went and got it. Oh. Now, would you do that? Would you take the second shot early? You know, my is not early. It's like a month out. So you already have your appointment, so it's a it's a non-issue yeah, for you. So it's, did you, yeah. did you have any reaction to it? Just a sore little spot, typical of me. Just a sore I got spot it in my left arm. Yeah. And no flu-like symptoms or anything like that? Nothing, nothing. Excellent. So do, how do you feel? Okay, so let's talk about what your COVID routine has been for the last 11 months. Do you see people, Candy? The last 11 months? Not really. I let go of my pool guy and I let go of the housekeeper at the very start of this. Right. And, uh, <laughs> My pool, and I bought one of those creepy crawly machines over the internet uh, way back in March. Wait, what's and a creepy crawler? Coming... Huh? What's what? a creepy crawler machine? It's for the pool. Oh, it's a pool sweep thing. Anyway, uh -huh. uh, I did that, and you know the gardener comes. Uh, well, I had another gardener, but I told one of my keys back. And so he didn't like that. He'd had the keys for like, I don't know, 20 years. And I told him I want my keys back because anyone coming in my yard, if I didn't know they were there or anything like that. So right, he quit. <laughs> and I got this other great guy. And because gardeners, there's plentiful here in California. And um, he doesn't mind that I open the door for keep the key. You know, once this is behind me, I'll, I'll give him a key to the gate. But, you know, right. I just want to know who's in the yard, what they're touching. So anyway, it's been weird. I knew this was coming way back in January. Probably how'd you know, January. How'd you, how'd you know? Well, I, you know, I'm. I like watching the news and anyway on the internet and um, there was some films coming in and it looked very dire. And I knew once they built that uh, thousand bed hospital, like 
I knew this was very serious. And there was film leaking out of China where they were spraying the streets and, you know, people were dropping dead in the street. Right. I'm like, whoa, whoa. And I started posting on Facebook and I was telling people, get ready. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's way back at the 1st of January. So if I knew, Trump definitely knew, you know. Right, and, right. Um, <laughs> so I was just posting. A few Probably most people thought I was nuts. But a few people, you know, regarded what I was saying and started stocking stuff in. Right. When Trump announced uh, on March 13th, or what, yeah, March 13th, that it was a national emergency, it was a run on the supermarkets, and everything got wiped out, and it was frightening. It was absolutely frightening. But I was prepared. I had all the toilet paper in the world. <laughs> you want to buy a roll? <laughs> I had, you know, cases of water because I started way back in January, you know, before the panic set in. And I remember um, on the 15th, I thought, I'll just go over to Ralph's and see uh, right. what the damage is. And uh -huh. I went into Ralph's. This was three days. Trump said, get ready, you know, national emergency. Mm -hmm. You know, too late. And right. I went into uh, Ralph's. And saddest thing I ever saw. I thought I was going to start crying. It was so bleak. Uh, all the shelves were empty, and there were a few elderly people around. There was nothing, maybe a bag of beans here and there. It was the saddest thing I wow. ever saw. I wow. Saw, saw anything like that in my life, and it was right. just frightful. And, right. Um, it was horrible. So I, but I witnessed history right then and there. And, uh, you know, we've been limping along with this and with the unprepared uh, management we've had. And I'm so glad we've got new management in the Biden. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was really, um, it's been quite a year. And, with the vaccine, I predict that we'll probably be pulling us down just a little bit in uh, the fall. We got a few more oh. months to go, but but we'll be out of this. Well, you know, now have you? I watch CNN all the time too. And a couple of days ago, someone came on, and I missed his name, but he was saying that because of the new strains in Africa and the California new strain and the one in London, that we're actually uh, not going to be protected from the African strain anyway. Well, they'll make booster shots. You see how fast they make it. It's all done by computer. You know, it's no, it's not like the old days where they had to put it in eggshells and, you know, do this long process. <laughs> all computerized, they get the formula. It's like, you know, it's just a matter of working on that. And there'll be booster shots. Uh, you know, we don't want to get dis disheartened by these other things coming at us. We want to right. keep keep some hope because if we don't, we might as well just, you know, call it a day and, you know, but I until I get there, I'm going to keep hope that we're going to get out of this.
I totally agree with you. And we need, and okay, so Candy, has anyone been in your house since this started? Not really. Not my really. Cat. Okay. Your and, cat. And my boyfriend comes on the weekends, and that's it. And so does have you done any repairs uh, on the house or paint jobs or electrical or any of that? Um, and is your boyfriend as careful as you are when he's not with you? Is your boyfriend as careful as you are when he's not with you? He's more paranoid than I am. He's wow. Okay, well, that works out good. well. Yes. Have yeah, you been in a store since March? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I go stores. I go to Costco. You know, the minute I walk in, they have a big bottle of, you know, juice, and I juice up, and then I take the juice that's on my hand on the rail, the push, you know, the of the basket, uh, the rail of the push basket, and, um, you know, so far, so good. And do you the thing with, with this uh, virus is you if you get it, you do not know which way you're going to go with it. So and I assume that um, that I. I got to push this. I was a carrier. That's how I treat. That I was a carrier and I could right. give it to someone. And, right. You know, there's carriers out there. They're innocent. Uh, you know, they have it with no symptoms. So that's right. always right. been the really scary part of this. Right. Is, you know, it's not like a cold sneezes and you could back away and like, oh, no, no, no. You know, <laughs> it, there's invisible carriers, which gives it a real sci-fi feeling. But, so do you um, feel comfortable when you go into the store? Like, I haven't been in a store since then. Do you feel... Do you feel safe when you're masked and wiping your hands? Well, you know, I, I take a lot of vitamins and I pump myself up with, you know, vitamins like death. And I try to keep my immune system really high. And, right. uh, you know, I'm doing the best I can. I, you know, like I said, I'm a creature. I've always liked being amongst people and out and about. And, you know, my outing is like going to the grocery store, handle everything. I don't pick up all the boxes and read the labels like, you know, I enjoy doing. But, right. uh, you know, I try to keep my hands off and not touch everything. I do, you know, so far so good. And do I've you already had the one vaccine. Right. And, uh, I'm about 45% covered right now. And this next one, I'll be like 95% covered. You know, there's always a chance that 5% you could get it, but it would probably be a mild case. Did you have Pfizer or Moderna? Moderna. Okay, so with Moderna, after two weeks, we're actually 80% efficacy from the vaccine, one, vac one shot. After Maybe. the majority, I, I read it was like there. Yeah, they changed like it. Last, they changed it in the last few days. It's eighty percent efficacy after one shot. Well, isn't that wonderful? Yes, it's wonderful news. That's good so, news. will you change your life the way you're living after you get your second booster? Do you think? No, I'm going to stick with it because there's a lot of people that don't believe in vaccines, but I have a feeling they're going to change their minds once they see 
uh, less people getting sick. And if people are getting sick, then maybe they won't get sick, which is a good thing, you know, but it's going to take them longer to right. get through the woods. Right, right. But eventually, once this virus doesn't have anybody to eat, it's huh. going to go away like so many other viruses, you know. People, so have but, you been cooking you know, more? We'll have a vaccine and... Have you been cooking We're more? Just you... along. Best I, know. I know. Are you are you cooking more in COVID than you used oh, to? Well, when I started, I was in the gym and I had been and I was I've gained about seven pounds. You know, what else is there to do? So I'm this kind of hooked on yeah. Lynn Fit, I'm do I'm going oops. I did this Lynn Fit. Yeah, it's it is because I did Lynn Fit and I did all this stuff and then I I had I had an allergy to something. It turns out it wasn't to that because I've been off it and I'm I'm still anyway. So I have to do something because yeah, so I'm gonna do Lynn Fit to lose the weight again because I gained I gained in, in COVID as well. Seven pounds and, in it and and you know, that adds up if it goes on year after year. <laughs> are you able to do Good. What? Are you able to do any kind of exercise? I don't like to exercise. <laughs> I'm, someone's doing it with me. I, it's just like, ugh, can't do it. Don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. I, so how, how, do you, how have you been, don't, how have you been filling your time, your days? Uh, well, uh, raking, um, cleaning the pool, uh, dusting, going through closets. That's good. Facebook. You know, you have, chores. you have a great garden. You've been, you've been, you have a mate, an amazing garden. Right it's uh, it's asleep right now. Hmm. Yeah. You had a lot of stuff in the, in the season though. You had gorgeous looking fruits and vegetables. Yeah. You know, so you also really not enough to keep me uh, happy. You know, are you able what to? What can we do? We just have to go along with the program that's happening right now. You know, it's a mm -hmm. hadn't happened since 1980, and we got picked. So, um, are you? Uh, I just saw there's people from the Dam Fam here yesterday. Do you know Dan Navarro? You probably know his brother. You probably know his cousin Dave Navarro from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Well, anyway, Dan wrote the song "We Belong" for Pat Benatar, and um, well, he wrote it and she recorded oh, yeah, it. I but remember anyway, that? Yes, and he's got these people, the Dam Fam, and I, I see they're joining us today. Um, he was on yesterday. Do, I know that you have this community of people that you, your neighbors, that you give each other food and stuff. Was this something? Oh that yeah, because we get bored. Food, so we cook enough to, you know, <laughs> I give to the lady next door and her caretaker. And and then the lady down, she, her specialty is basically desserts. And Ooh, I saw them. Ooh, I saw, see them. And, and I photograph them. <laughs> and Gorgeous. then the man next door, bread every so often. So, you know, we're trying to just break up the monotony by, you know, sharing, you know, cooked food, which nice, you know, I get tired of my same, you know, recipes, you know, you tend to do the same ones over and over again. Mm -hmm. So 
It's uh, really been nice to share. You know, I put it on the porch and then back away. You guys close on the porch, or we reach a long arm out. Okay, you know, it's we're just <laughs> limping along, as I say. But Were you guys close before COVID? Did you exchange food before COVID? <laughs> Not really. No. Mm -hmm. I mean, here and there, the lady next door would cook this fabulous garlic, rice, ginger, chicken leg from the Philippines kind of recipe. Mm. She would cook too much and share it with me. But, you know, this, uh, this real good... You know, weekly sharing has been started via the virus. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> so I just ordered because I, I I just got a an air fryer. Do you know about this new fangled thing? Which new fangled thing? It's called an air fryer. Oh yeah, my uh, Trish, the neighbor lady, has one of those. So I haven't, you know, I'm COVID crazy, so I haven't taken it out of the box yet because it just came yesterday. But that's going to be my new thing. You can fry things without using oil, and it grills without I going. I like oil. That's I'm, the yeah, I know, but I'm trying to. My cholesterol's high. I, I want to lose weight, so I'm trying to figure things out. Anyway, so that's going to be my new toy. What's been your What's been your go-to? What, what are you What are you eating in COVID? Are, are you eating like something specific a lot? Soups. <laughs> so yeah. I make, uh, so I make enough for others. Um, oh, ribs. Real? Um, how do you ribs. How do you cook ribs? Slow cook them in the mm -hmm. oven, like at um, two twenty-five for a couple of hours. You know, with some seasoning on, and then you bring the heat up, and with your barbecue sauce, and it's so tender. You know, they're ready when the meat shrinks back from the rib bones. Oh, all right. I'm gonna have to talk to you about the recipe for this. And what, what's your favorite? I've been making chicken soup all, and I'm sick of it. What kind of soups are you making? Neighbors. I know. What kind of soup? Oh, well, I, I made pea soup the other day. Ooh, that's good. Do you put ham in it? Yeah. Oh, I want that recipe. I'd love that. Yeah, I put bacon in. I put bacon mm. in. Okay, so you're a Texas girl. So let's let's talk. Oh, do you want to talk politics at all? I mean, I don't even know if you want to talk about it. We were supposed to to have this show on the day of the insurrection, and there was no way. And, and you were very emotional about it. How are you feeling? Are you feeling oh, more? Oh, I was crying my eyes out. That was. As bad as 9-11 for me. Horrible. How horrible. horrible. Yeah. How, I, and, and those two, the, you know, it was a day of rejoicing, really, because the two men from Georgia had won seats in the Senate. And uh, as Ossoff, is that his name? Ossoff and uh, what's the other guy's name? Anyway, yeah. just won. Just announced, and they didn't even get to celebrate because five minutes later there was a riot. Oh, right. What is the other guy's name? Oh my God, I can't think of his name. Yes. Oh, yes. And they didn't even get to celebrate at all. They didn't even get a party. Nothing. Nothing. They got announced, and then all hell broke loose. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're true. owed a nice 
party, a celebration with champagne. You know, they probably just, you know, they it was announced. They were told they were the winners. And then, bam. Warnock. Warnock. Yeah, it was horrible. They didn't yeah. Um, thank you, Lynn. I, this Lynn, is like being at the Academy Awards and then suddenly the lights go out and there's a malfunction. This is a list of five people's winner, you know, nominees and then boop. God. Well, and then and somebody like, throws a bomb into it and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Someone throws a, well, let's not even bring that into the mix. Right. But it was a day. I was freaked out and I figured, what are we going to talk about? You know, it'd be way too frivolous to go on and talk about, you know, fashion Absolutely. or rock concerts or whatever. So we no, canceled and we got together today. Absolutely. And it was the right thing to do. So a lot of these people weren't with us the last time we did this. I don't know, two, three years ago. It was actually the first day we met. And it was thanks to, I think, Lynn Stewart, your 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 gal from American Graffiti, who connected us. Oh, yeah, Lynn Stewart. Yeah. Okay, so Candy, for the people here who and don't on, know. Is anyone on with us? Yeah, we have a whole bunch of people, and they're all they're all saying how much they love you. You want me to read some comments? You, uh, Deb says yeah, you're her I mean, uh, Deb says you're her new hero. She doesn't like to work out either. Um, <laughs> it, uh, I'm hearing you have a beautiful smile. You look beautiful. Um, people are talking about the vaccine. Yeah, everybody's with us. Yeah, they're all commenting. Okay, so good. They're here. So for these people who are, are meeting you for the first time like this, they've seen your work, but they don't know you as a person. So I know you're from Texas. Um, what part of Texas are you from, Candy? What, what part you brought yeah. up? Yeah, what part? Uh, Fort Worth, Fort Worth, Texas. So were you a city girl or a, what, what was your, was it city? Did you live in the city? Oh no, Fort Worth is, is a nice city. You know, it's, um, back then when I left, it was uh, the late sixties and I moved to New York. But, um, oh, it's all grown up now. It's, it's always been very competitive to uh, Dallas. Right. <laughs> but we have a lot of art museums and uh, the downtown Fort Worth area is all, you know, a lot of fun. The uh, cattle, the birds are still in. Yeah, you know, it's, we get a lot of tourists and, you know, there's a lot going on. And so was it... Um... Were you a sophisticated? Were you sophisticated when you were young? Sophisticated, <laughs> uh, probably just basically me. I am now, but a little shyer, a little more quiet. You know, but were you? Were you the? Po you're so gorgeous. Were you the popular girl in school? No, not at all. <laughs> no, we were very, very well. We had no money and we had no car. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, those are two things you need to be popular. Uh, I and, guess that's um, true. <laughs> yeah. 
So no cheerleader, no any of that no, stuff. No, I was I was Miss Plum. You know, I went to a, a technical high school where you learn a trade. Uh huh. What was you? And they need more schools like that. they're really great and it prepares you for the workforce. And, and what was, um, what were you being prepared to do? Be a secretary reception course. <laughs> See, I know the story. I'm asking what you. The else? I know the answer to these questions, but I'm asking because everybody else doesn't. So I'm playing dumb. But I know you were going to be like a secretary receptionist, right? Yeah, the front desk. And did you ever get to do that? Yeah, I did. I did. I was a company called Dixon Jenkins, which was a Western wear manufacturing company. And I was the front desk. I would answer the phone, you know, good morning, Dixon Jenkins. <laughs> Dixon Jenkins. <laughs> And, and I typed, I had a dictaphone, you know, that you put in your ears and, you know, you, <laughs> you letters and, um, no, I enjoyed it. And did you, oh, you did. Okay. So why, oh, why? I like all kinds of, you know. And at the time there was no dream to be an actress. You didn't do school plays. No. No. That was so far out of my realm, but. Okay. So how did the trip to New York happen? My friend Judy and I uh, did some modeling at the Dallas Apparel Mart one uh -huh. season. And you work for a manufacturer and you, you know, the buyers come in, I guess, from New York and different places. And, uh, you know, clothes, you go back behind the curtain, you change, you show them, you know, the lineup for the season. And right. the guy that was had hired me and my friend judy he's he said if you're ever in new york look me up and that's the last thing that's you don't do teenagers because they'll take you up on it so, <laughs> so my friend judy and i started planning our trip to city and we were going to look him up and um the um i had my one-way ticket a 40 dollar dollar youth fair ticket on TWA and um wow forty dollars oh my god forty dollars <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> and um my friend Judy I waited and waited she totally disappeared you know we planned this and we had her ticket too and uh at midnight I said you know what I'm going Oh, when I get there. So I went there with like, I don't know, another $40 in my pocket. And, wow. Uh, when I was playing and it was, the sun was coming up and I saw New York City from the sky and it was all pink and gold light. And I said to myself, Candy, you're never going back to Fort Worth. <laughs> and I moved, I moved to New York City from the air. I knew um, I would love it. And I walked around. I only had like a little bag. I got out of the airplane and somehow made my way into New York City. I don't remember how, but I was like Joe Buck in midnight you know, <laughs> with my little suitcase, looking at all the tall buildings. I couldn't believe it. I just loved wow. it so much. 
<laughs> and uh, I, you know, I started meeting people and I, uh, well, I went and knocked on, I had the guy's card and I went and locked the car. <laughs> you know, it was the 60s, so it was acceptable to uh, do that. And right. I kind of couch surf for <laughs> with different people. And, did you have uh, money? How much money did you have, Candy? I had about 40 bucks. Oh my God. <laughs> How did you I have those? I was going to stay for a few days and I moved. <laughs> Okay, so how did you eat? How did you eat with forty oh, bucks? Fed, fed me, because you were gorgeous. So that kind of. Uh, by the way, I everybody. Like said, I needed help. I looked like I needed help. Everybody wants to know what your beauty secrets are. They're saying how gorgeous you are on the thread. Makeup. No, <laughs> you, you're gorgeous. Um, so, okay. So how did you start your, how long did it take you to start making money and how did you do it? Oh, um, well, I finally got an apartment and it was $125 a month and I couldn't afford that by myself. I had to get a roommate. <laughs> Can you imagine getting a roommate? Cause you can't afford $125, but I'm living on 50, <laughs> 50 cents a day. And I had to make these decisions every day. Do right. I buy a pack of cigarettes? Oh God. Do I buy a head of cabbage <laughs> or do I take the bus? <laughs> you know, cause I walked a lot there and I try to get it. And I worked for this guy. Uh, it was really great. He was, and I was trying to build my modeling portfolio uh -huh. and I worked for this man for, for I don't know, $3 and 25 cents an hour or something like that. And he let me keep my own hours. Just come in when, when you can, all of this stuff. I lived at the, uh, Barbizon for a, a while in, uh -huh. in one of those single rooms with sink in there and the bathroom down the hall. Oh, and, wow. You know, it's all great fun. It really was like, it was a great adventure. And I remember, at, uh, place to live, the Barbizon. I was, it was snowing. It was the first snow I'd ever seen. Looking out the window of this place, looking out, and I had my first pomegranate in my hand, and I'm like, oh. eat my first pomegranate. Because <laughs> in Texas, they didn't have pomegranates. They barely really? had avocados. So, <laughs> so, and so were you eating on the cheap in New York? Because in New York, you can really eat on the cheap. Well, I would uh, buy a head of cabbage. <laughs> I cooked a lot of cabbage. It was one of my favorite foods and easy to cook. And you don't, you know, it's filling. <laughs> was it? So, yeah, cabbage is. Yeah. And you were really skinny. I've seen pictures. You were really slim. Yeah, I was like really skinny. And, you know, you had to keep your weight down. And I'm walking a lot mm -hmm. and trying to build my portfolio. And then, you know, for the longest time, I was confused about modeling. I was stiff and, and I thought that you froze for the camera, you know, and you just held that pose. And so I was really uptight, but 
later on, as I, the more I did it, the more I realized you keep moving and the camera is you. And once I made that discovery, uh -huh. I was like, wow, this is easy. I love it. And, um, you know, I started getting work and some regular clients. I worked for Seventeen magazine and Ingenue, all the teenage stuff. So, all right. So that's what I was going to ask next. So you were getting 17 magazine and that kind of stuff. And is your money growing as you're, are you getting, you're getting better jobs and stuff? I was making, well, models back then, I mean, they were making $50 an hour. So it was quite lucrative. And, uh, I really wanted to stick with it when, um, I, uh, decided, hey, how about supplement your income by doing extra work? <laughs> right. And this was about four years into living in New York and my little apartment. Still there. All right. Was the last time I saw it. It was wow. 127 East 34th Street. <laughs> five floor walk up. And down oh, the street wow. was, yeah, 127 East 34th Street. And uh, down the street was the Empire and a big armory was on the corner. And I lived between Park and Lex and it was real centrally located. And across this five floors up uh, off of a winding staircase. So there wow. weren't many apartments there. And um, I used to- I'm crazy. You know, yeah. And, and watch- across the street, Bickford's, which was a 24-hour coffee shop. I'd sit in my window and walk pimps and the call girls <laughs> coming and going. Wow. It was quite interesting. And it was a really great time. I have a lot of memories of that time spent in New York City. <laughs> so how long were you doing? My mother lived on 35th and Park, by the way, but some years later. How... how um how long did you do that with the, the modeling? How long did, was that a part of your life? About four years. Well, you and, know, trying to figure it out. And then a couple of years of getting some, you know, regular clients and, you know, getting rep, repeated you know, bookings, which is always good. And my last agency I was with was with a company called Zoli. I'd been with all of them from four to you know and then my last one was a company called zoli and so how did you make the the transition from modeling to acting well i like i said i wanted to supplement the income with some extra work and i went over to this um, casting agent's office and gave him my picture and he got me into this crowd scene in this movie called who is harry and why is he saying those things about me? And I was in a crowd scene of about 200 people. Wow, yeah. And uh, Dustin Hoffman starred in the film. So the scene that we were doing was him at the end of a work day coming through a revolver with these crowd of people, office workers, I assume. And he has a violin or a guitar in the case and he the thing is he would drop it and it would get kicked along and he was going after it so we did this 
a million times, but it was fun. So uh, what I really liked about it was the extras would be sitting in bleachers, you know, waiting to be called and there'd be a big table with donuts and all kinds of things to drink and eat. And I thought, God, I like this. I want to do more. <laughs> so I went back to the casting. Yeah. No donuts, sitting around, you know, working here and there and uh, easy, easy money. So I um, went back to the casting guy's office and I just, it was timing. I mean, a lot, so many times I've been in the right place at the right time. I walk yeah. in there and I, it's Lynn Stallmaster's office in New York City. And I say, have my picture. And I said, I really was this extra work. And there was a man standing next to him. And it was, turned out it was Fred Roos, famous casting director. Nice. Who wound up casting me in Fat City and um. American Graffiti. <laughs> so I was just right time. And he said, hey. Uh, Fred said, hey, I'm going to be uh, going to watch him shoot the uh, screen test for The Godfather. Do you want to come? And he said, the 60s and the 70s, it was, you know, a stranger asked you to do something or you stay on someone's couch. And, uh, you know, there was nothing to be. Uh, you just, well, okay. And so, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, that era was very trusting open and it was great and uh so i wound up going to out to i think it was like brooklyn or queens no where but some studio where francis coppola and jimmy Kahn and all these actors were trying out doing screen tests wow and, uh yeah right place right time and so uh i showed up i started showing up <laughs> because I really watching it and you know, the door was open, so why not? And um, so Francis Coppola and I had this little routine we started doing and um, I had a hat and a cape and we started doing this little stupid thing where it was a long cape, a long back black cape and he would pretend that he was winding me down. And so I'd bend my knees and crouch and my feet would disappear. And then he'd wind <laughs> me back up and then I'd be standing up straight. It was just nothing. Oh. And we filmed, or he filmed me, us doing this, Francis. Right. He almost, he told me years later, he almost was fired for frivolously wasting film and time. Wow. Almost fired. You almost brought down the big man. Exactly. <laughs> by accident. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But luckily he didn't get fired. So. He, didn't, he didn't put you in the movie though. No. No. <laughs> no. Did you ever did you did that connection continue? Like have you seen him since? Uh well, he had a studio here in town in Los Angeles called Zoetrope and mm -hmm. they were offering acting classes and stuff and I joined up with that and then he did uh, a little when when uh, digital started coming in real a long time ago he first realized the importance of that 
we shot a little short film. I don't, I don't know whatever happened to it, but I was in it and Terry Garr and you know, Cindy Williams, a bunch of his, um, but you know, no, I don't see him. And then he went into the food and wine business and I think he's done very well. Yeah, he's done pretty well for himself. Yeah. So, so how did you go from being a guest on the set to getting behind the camera, you know, in front of the camera? Kept me in mind. And, um, you know, I don't know what was so attractive about me or my personality ever, but he started uh, calling me to try out for this movie in a film called Fat City. And film and I kept saying nah I just want to be an extra I, I really don't want to do acting you know the only actress ever to say no I want to be an extra I don't want to do acting I loved it I did wow. it once and it was great and I was hoping for more but anyway uh he just kept persisting and, and then he sent me the the sides that he wanted me to try out for and I just kept saying, I, you know, I don't know how to do this. And, and um, I was always a poor student in school, so I had no memorizing skills. So finally, he wore me down. And I went out to <laughs> California to, and I tell you, I did, and I fell in love with Los Angeles. <laughs> You know, that's how fickle I am, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, they're both pretty and great. So anyway, huh? They're both pretty great cities. Yeah. Right? And so yeah. um I you know, I was enjoying LA, staying at the Chateau Marmont. And, how did you um, do that? Wait, wait, how did you get to stay at the Chateau Marmont? Came out for a screen test. And, and they finally paid. caved in and said, okay. <laughs> but you so, had enough money uh, to stay at the Chateau Marmont? What? Did they put you up there or did you pay for yes. it? Yes. Okay, nice. You know, I was reluctant. I was reluctant. I did not want to try out for any movies. And so um, anyway, the big day came when it was my audition for this. And I hadn't memorized, it was a complicated, now that I look back, it was a very complicated scene and, it, and the character is supposed to wind up crying. You know, <laughs> I had no idea how to do that. And so they said, it's a reading. So I actually, oh, I remember went to Disneyland and um, Fred Roos got his assistant named Lloyd Kino to drive me you know, since I was here and I had no car and I didn't know how to drive. So anyway, oh, wow. uh, we went to Dis Disneyland and hat. So my idea was when it gets to the crying, I'll have this hat on and I'll just kind of hide behind this hat. <laughs> to Disneyland across the front. <laughs> and so my big day comes and I wore this silk blouse, kind of like a model, very, you know, expensively. And right yeah, silk in the middle of summer. 
<laughs> so I'm sweating bullets down to my waist, you know, like. <laughs> I was so steamy and, you know, nervous besides. And so yeah. uh, I go in and there's uh, John Hughes and Ray Stark and a guy named David Dworsky <laughs> and Fred Roos. And I looked at Fred Roos like, you know, and he looked at me, he stared at me like he never met me ever in his life, like just cold and icy. Oh my God. Like freaked out, sweating oh in this silk blouse. Oh, it was awful. And yeah. I had this Disneyland hat. <laughs> Disneyland across the brim. So I fear, and I'm actually reading the the script i'm not doing any acting i am reading oh. the line because i thought that's what they meant when you come for a reading <laughs> no memory work whatsoever just like oh, head wow. down reading and so then here comes the crying part it's coming. oh god and so i thought Duck your head and go. <laughs> Did anyway? I pop up after that and I make a run for the elevator, and I'm like, hear feet running behind me, and I'm like, oh god, no! And I'm pushing the button. <laughs> And it's them, and they're saying they want you back for a screen test. And I just said, No, I just want to be an extra. I just want to be an extra. Oh my God. No actress a ever. Later, a couple of weeks later, I'm back. And I'm put back up at the Chateau Marmont. But meanwhile, I call my mother. I said, You've got to come and help me memorize these lines. And so she, and the big day came and it was a real screen test. And it was a scene where Jeff Bridges and I are sitting in this, and I'm kind of nagging him about getting married and, you know, and, and I'm like modeling my, it's like, stay relaxed and just kind of, you know, model your way through this and say the lines and, Oh my God. And it was, I remember the other two women were, or girl, young ladies were there. Margot Kidder and Jennifer Salt were my competition. Wow. You beat out Margot. These Kidder. are experienced. Yeah. And here I am modeling my way into us. <laughs> and they had this. Yeah. And uh, but, I Tony. Thought, ever get to this see the screen bridges this yeah As, tony asked if you ever yeah. got to see the screenplay of uh, the screen test do what did you ever get to see your screen test did you ever get no. to watch <laughs> okay so this anyway, is the way i thought jeff bridges was so cute you know and i was just my acting partner for the screen test so um I guess he thought I was cute too, because next thing I know, I got a job. 
and uh, up in Stockton, California, and we were shooting, and you know, and maybe and kind of for me. falling in love. But John Houston liked me, and so did Ray Stark, even though I was kind of floundering as the character. But, uh, you know, it was really fun. And so you I and mean, Jeff. more to the story, but I'm just going on and on. No, that's okay. So, but that's where you met Jeff, and you guys did the did your relationship we met start? On the screen test. We met on and the screen you, test. And did your relationship start on that? Did you fall in love on yeah, that? Yeah, on that day. <laughs> On that day. So I guess I, yeah, I guess uh, he put in a good word. Yeah, I like her. Let's go. But, and uh, from what I recall, he was coaching you on on set. Is that true? Was he coaching you? No, they really, they really hired the wrong person for this job, and my part was being whittled down to a few scenes. It was quite a large. And uh, they hired this uh, acting coach to come up, a guy named Jeff Corey, who was uh -huh. a real hardcore acting <laughs> coach. And Jeff, I mean, we would have to do these sessions with this guy. And I had no idea. Language of acting teachers and all of that is totally different from modeling. And so I had no idea what he was talking about. And he liked to do these dream of consciousness that he would try to get me to do. And he would do like, like just weird stuff, say blood, uh, uh, falling, you know, wild, uh, rabbit, uh, and, and just all this weird connect words connection. I'd wind up crying, you know, Jeff too, I think. <laughs> we were, <laughs> and anyway, <laughs> It was, it was a wonderful trip. I loved, uh, we shot it up in Stockton. And besides, at, you know, and Susan Terrell was in the movie and Stacy Keach and, oh God, Leonard Gardner wrote it. It was a great, it was kind of like a, um, a Stein story, Fat City, really uh, an undiscovered film, really good. And John Huston, uh, it was, he liked me because I, I basically failed him, but you know. Uh, so is it something that we can, is it something we can find now? Is it still oh, yeah. accepted? It's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a classic film. It's John Huston, Stacey Keach was nominated for her character of Oma. And it's about the seedy side of boxing. It's basically about people who, who are and have hopes and dreams, but don't want to work for it. Kind of like Candy Clark, but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's Stockton was a, a wonderful place, and uh, Ray Stark was a producer, and every weekend. He would uh, have parties for the cast, and, and uh, John Huston would be, you know, I became very fond and realized the magnitude of John Huston when before, when I just tried out for the thing, I didn't, you know, know the players or the names of people or who was who or what was what, but 
I soon realized how cool he was. And uh, gosh, he would be, you know, he was very tall and very thin. And he also dressed the part time uh, director and matching bush suits. And I remember we shot at night once and he had on like a Sherlock Holmes hat, you know, the <laughs> double hat with the ear flaps and mm -hmm. a matching cape. And he always wore gorgeous <laughs> shoes. Yeah. I mean, he was a clothes horse. But downfall wow. was he smoked Dunhill cigars. And mm -hmm. that eventually, you know, did his health in. But boy, was he magnificent as a, you know, had these great lines and wrinkles in his face and tall and thin. Anyway, they would have parties every weekend. And uh, uh, I remember sitting, you know, John Houston would be sitting in a chair and Jeff and I'd be sitting on the floor, you know, at the great John Houston and he was be drinking tequila with the worm in it, in the bottle. Wow. And he'd be trying to, trying yeah. to get us to drink the worm in and we're like, ooh, you know. So, uh, but it was just a blast. And Susan Terrell lived on a, a houseboat because in Stockton, there's all these canals and um, you know, houseboats. And I just remember she was quite the character. And uh, Jeff and I went over to her houseboat one day and she had this guy that she had met who played the pie plates and the spoon. He entertained us. But yeah, it's just like one big adventure, one great thing after another up there. And Conrad Hall shot it. Ray Stark was so enamored with John Houston that he uh, would get up at like four in the morning and go over and cook John Houston breakfast. And that's, people wow. love John Houston. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a treat. So, so, okay. So you did that and what, what, so you and Jeff started living together after that, didn't you? Yeah. And we were together for about four years. <sighs> A lot of fun. Is he as wonderful? Yes, he is wonderful as I think he probably is. He he is very easygoing, and uh, plays the piano. You know, then he was, I guess he has Big Break was the last picture show, and he had done some acting before. And I he was nominated when we were together, and I had just recently put a picture of him and his family, and Jeff dressed in his tuxedo with those crazy shoes on. And those see-through socks, you know. And I remember we all went down to, it might have been the Dorothy Chandler or the Shrine Auditorium, one of those places. And, you know, it was really fun times. But Jeff, you know, always played instruments and would write songs. And, you know, it was just, I would, beans, <laughs> pinto what? beans, you know. What? And uh, yeah, we lived way out up in the hills of Malibu, you know, in property, you could buy an acre of land for $2,000. Oh my Jeff, God. You know, realized, hey, you know, and he had the money to do it. And I think he bought acres and I didn't, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> but anyway, 2020 hindsight, but yeah, times, good days, you know. Somebody just asked, Sharon just asked, how did you develop memorization skills as an actress? Uh, 
that's my least favorite part but i do it by a lot of repetition and sometimes i have to hire someone mm -hmm. sometimes i can convince the other actor to run lines with me or my boyfriend john who hates doing it will do it. <laughs> so candy after it. after you did that film and you they cut your part down cut your part down how did you then was American Graffiti the What was the next film after that? The net, well, the next film, the next project. See, I was never good at auditions. Okay. And, um, seeing this stuff, but I, um, I did a room two, two, two in between, and and I was going out a because you know, young actresses and actors, that's the prime people that get hired. So there's plenty for them to try out for. Right. It took it, <laughs> it took a while to, uh, you know, it was just another audition. And uh, it was called American Graffiti. And it was a year after uh, Fat City. Oh, wow. <laughs> I couldn't get a But I was getting a lot of appointments. I'm surprised they kept trying with me. But... Um, so I go in and I think, by golly, I am dressing. I heard that it took place in the 50s. So <laughs> I have my hair pulled back in a ponytail and I have some saddle oxfords on, a letterman sweater with a ring, you know, on a chain, like I'm going oh. steady. <laughs> and I go in this, <laughs> I'm the only one dressed like this in the outer lobby and there's other <laughs> actors there. And, of course, I'm really embarrassed, you know, and my name gets called and I go into this really tiny office, which had a desk in it, but it was so small that the desk, the room, and my back was basically against the wall and there was a man sitting across the desk and that was uh, George Lucas. Oh my God. Uh, young. And he really had nothing to say to me. He's at that time very introverted and very mm -hmm. shy. So I leave and, you know, it's very brief. And I call my manager, Pat, and say, well, did it again, struck <laughs> out. And so, you know, she said, oh, she was old. Oh, that's okay. You know, there'll be more. Anyway, so a couple of weeks go by and I uh, get a hold of the script from Graffiti. I don't know how I did, maybe through Pat, maybe just sitting in her office and it was sitting around. I don't, I don't remember. But I realized it was in the 60s, which I knew. And um, I said, Pat, you've got to get me back in. I said, I love this script. It's fantastic. And she said, well, no, once they see you and they reject you, they don't want to see you again. So I begged and begged and begged. And uh, I don't know how she did it, but she got me back in. And so I went on the appointment again, same place, same little tiny office, my against the wall, the desk in between, there's George Lucas. We chat very slightly. I didn't mention that I'd been there before. 
and no he didn't remember me in the ponytail. <laughs> I did not mention it. I just had dressed as myself. And the next thing I knew, I was being called in for test. And wow. It was, yeah. Wow. And, I, and we shot the screen test of films, which was Haskell Wexler's commercial shooting house. And I swear to God, there must have been 200 actors there. You could cut the tension with a knife. Wow. So many people, because there was a lot of parts in the movie. Right. So I'm sitting on this bench, you know, trying to memorize this, going over and over and getting tenser and tenser. <laughs> anyway, so I finally they call my name and I go, you know, I'm being led to this little alcove out of sight of everyone, thank God. And I meet Charles and there's a uh, park bench that's doubling for the car. And this is the scene where he's saying, uh, just Buenos Dias, you know, and telling me I look like Connie Stevens. And I said, really? I thought I looked like Sandra D. And, you know, when I realized that he was, I just kind of, didn't try because I wasn't going to get the part anyway, you know, because he was, you know, just the configure of it. But uh, lo and behold, I got the part. <laughs> Some of these things I just can't figure out, you know. Do you believe in destiny? Do you believe that we kind of follow a path? No. 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 So just blind luck. Just blind luck. You know. And when you guys were shooting that film, did you have any idea of what was what it was going to become? I, I mean, it was really good, and I really loved the characters and the scenes. And I thought Charlie and I had the best parts of the whole film. Fantastic. <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, Charlie and I drove. I since I I decided to get my Volkswagen up there and have a because in the Bay Area and I wanted to be able to, on my off time, be able to go someplace. And so uh, we took off about four in the morning down in Santa Barbara, which isn't very far from LA. Yeah. And uh, the, the uh, engine goes up and had to be overhauled. Luckily, we found someone that could do this. And I just remember seeing Charlie lying on the sidewalk exhausted people are overhauling the volkswagen engine out of their home garage wow anyway we finally arrived we left at about four we finally in san francisco they've been this was before cell phones so they had no idea what we were up to finally get there and where have you been you got to try on wardrobe and it was like midnight and God. Uh, we were really pooped and driven all Santa, San Francisco after overhauling an engine. And um, there were, they had some couple of, uh, you know, vintage dresses from the secondhand store and some old shoes and stuff. It was a low budget film. So right. it was custom made and tried on uh that uh, blue and white dress, and it fit perfectly. No alterations. So wow. This will work. This is it. 
and I had they had these really funky old, well worn Capizio shoes, and said I always wanted a pair of Capizio, but I could never afford them. And so I had those my first pair of Capizio shoes on, and <laughs> I always wanted a spaghetti strap dress and. There I had that. And luckily I thought I had enough to get a sweater because it turned out when we were shooting, it was so cold and foggy up in the Petaluma Bay area. Wow. That was the only thing that saved me. So, I mean, we would be trying to do these, we would do these scenes and have to pretend it was a hot summer's evening, you know, relaxing. And, and when they would say cut, you'd be like, oh my God, it's freezing. Oh God. Oh God. Wow. Call for some real atmospheric acting, you know. Wow. And so many incredible people in that. I mean, so many people got their start. Okay, Harrison Ford, Richard Dreyfus, Paul, well, yeah. Paul had already been, uh, Ron Howard had already been, Cindy Williams. Um, uh, Lynn Stewart, uh, 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 Mackenzie Phillips. I mean, wow, what a cast. It was crazy. Did you guys came up all along? All along. Really? How old was she? Like 11. Oh I my God. On a plane. Hey. Wow, that's crazy. Did you guys have any idea when you, when you were doing it that it was going to turn into this thing? I knew it was going to be very successful. The uh, it was so well written, and mm. it was about I didn't. What was so interesting about that is that was what we did in Fort Worth, Texas. We would cruise. We would look for action. You know, you'd go from one restaurant to the next, and then start over again. You know, just crawling along. And um, little did we know that the USA was doing the same thing. So when that movie came out, uh, they had a screening at the old Writers Guild, which was a wooden building. And I remember they had some little hamburgers. And this was our kind of cast and crew screening party. And, um, it was packed. I just remember it was packed and I was sitting on the steps and uh, on the clock came on the, the song and the audience jumped up out of their seats and cheered. Oh. And I thought, we got a hit. We got a hit. And wow. Sure enough, it was m massive. And American Graffiti, George Lucas wouldn't have become the billionaire that he is today. You know, it gave him, it opened doors for him because the prior to that, that he had done was THX 1138, which never caught on. And what is funnily enough, I saw a movie in the theater in New York City. I'd actually paid to see it. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Small world. It is a small world. So, and I can, remember thinking, what a dumb movie because it was just Robert Duvall running through a underground parking lot. You know, seemed like two hours being chased. You know, it's like okay. 
So, uh, so what happened? Um, how We've did been that, on for uh, a while. Is there I know. Okay, out there. They're still. They're still here. Still asking questions and stuff. Are you? Are you a what? Are you a pharaoh? Yeah, I've been tied behind a car and dragged. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, that was the initiation. That's the blood initiation. Wow. Wow. Um, they know so what maybe, I'm talking about. They know. Phil's, Phil knows. Uh, Suzanne Summers was the girl in the T-Bird. Somebody said, yeah, I actually played a part like that in, in, a, in another little movie right after that. Anyway, that's I just started a thigh master. My, I have a thought. I had a thigh master and it broke. And I, I ordered have one. It. It's still in the box. I ordered my official Suzanne Summers thigh master. It's coming tomorrow. I'm so excited. Uh, um, talk to me. I would have sent it. I would have said, "Come pick this thing up." Come on, that's a good thigh. I've been using a thigh master for like 40 years. There, when I use it, it's actually a pretty. Let good me see thigh. your thighs. Let prove it. I use it in my arm. I use it mostly in my for my arms, actually. Um, yeah. but I haven't been doing it because I broke mine about a month ago and my thighs are horrible. I have, I have, broke I have your arm. <laughs> no, I broke my thigh master. I have a lot to do. So, so we have been on for a long time cause we had a, a long way to get him. So I, I want to talk about the Academy Award and I want to talk about David Bowie and the man who fell to earth. So, so how, how did the Academy Award nomination come about? Because you have a great story. Well, Let's see, how did it come about? Okay, well, the movie came out as a big success. Mm -hmm. And uh, back then, you know, the studios were not spending a lot of money in the uh, trade papers running Academy, like not like they do today. Mm -hmm. Millions advertising their films. But back right. then, we, if you wanted to get a nomination, you know, good luck. So, I, you know what? Since I'm in a business, I think I'll spend money on my, you know, on myself. And so I ran these quarter page ads for about two or three weeks uh -huh. and traded it off between the Hollywood Reporter and Variety and spent a couple of thousand dollars of money that I really didn't have to spend since I couldn't get past the, and we, we were paid for American Graffiti. You know, it was a low budget film. We were right scale. I think I made like 300 a week. I'm not, I can't even remember. It was pretty low. And uh, uh, so, golly, I am going to run my own uh, campaign. And I did. And lo and behold, it worked. So, wow. Uh, other people have copied my uh, campaign idea. And Sally Kirkland for Anna and... This other actress, the camera, she copied. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, why not? And so how was it going to the Academy Awards as a nominee? Jeff Bridges was your was your date, wasn't he? Yes, it was. It was, you know, as a nominee, I got the phone call about six in the morning. Uh-huh. And from my PR guy. <laughs> and... Um, up until the actual of the award, I was being, you know, flowers and phone calls and hugs and kisses. You know, I was the center of attention, which was great. I really, 
And um, the night came and mm -hmm. I knew I wasn't going to win. I thought Sylvia Sidney was going to win. And um, I had another job too. And the uh, Mike Frankovich was the call report to the commissioner. It was a movie I was supposed to do. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, I'd gone to New York and it was about underground or uh, what's it called? Policemen that are not underground, but they're, you know, pretending they're not like drug dealers. What are those type policemen called? Come on. Yeah. Um, uh, um, Under undercover cops. Undercover yeah. Oh my God. So, yeah. so we're in Grand Central Station and, you know, they say, I'm trying to act like a junkie. <laughs> and I remember we're soliciting for drugs. And I remember this undercover policeman. Yeah. You know, like he's looking for drugs. He's going, heroin. You know, I was like, we're in Grand Central Station, for goodness sake. <laughs> I'm an actress, you know. I'm, pretending to be someone that needs drugs. Anyway, uh, this drug dealer comes up and he says, why is she acting like that? <laughs> What's wrong with her? And I'm like scratching and over to it. And I'm like, oh gosh, women's busted. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Doing that. Anyway, they said, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to changing money and drugs, you have to look the other way unless you want and be one of the witnesses. So I'm like, okay. So anyway, I w was doing the research, hire, got the wardrobe together, all that stuff. Anyway, mm -hmm. I go to the academy. In the meantime, in between getting that job, yeah, film call report to the commissioner, there was a film festival in Columbia. Uh -huh. And Jeff and I went down and I brought my own food and everyone laughed at me. I brought peanut butter and crackers and I was not to get the tourista. And um, before I left, I got a smallpox vaccination that really took, really, remember those? It's a, they give you one smallpox with a piece of glass. Anyway, it really took, I mean, it was inflamed and everyone is patting you on the shoulder and you know we're at this film festival and i'm being super careful and gone to the board of health and they said you know there's some hepatitis down there just you know watch out for anyone with yellow eyes oh god <laughs> anyway so i remembered i was taking a shower at the hotel and it took forever to get to cartagena columbia but taking a shower and I remember water going into that wound and I thought uh oh, oh. and then I thought nah, nah nah anyway we come back two weeks later it's the Academy Awards I'm looking in the mirror I'm putting on my makeup I'm like wow where'd you get that tan uh, looking good you know <laughs> turned out I had hepatitis um, uh, yeah. I, I had to think of everyone that I had hugged or kissed at the Academy Awards and call them up and say, I am in the hospital. 
go get a gamula goblin shot or however you say it. Oh my awesome. God. I know. Just you had a call like every like movie star and every, oh my. Oh my God. That is, oh my God. That's go mortifying. I've got infectious hepatitis. And oh. this was after the Academy Awards. Oh. You're looking in the mirror and going, wow, where'd you get that tan? And what I was actually turning yellow. And um, um, great time at the awards. Oh, it was Jeff. And <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to win. And I was looking at Sylvia Sidney, because I thought she'd get the sentimental vote. You know, she Wait, who, who won that year? Well, so Linda, uh, Sylvia Sidney, Tatum O'Neill, and oh, what's her name? Uh, I'll think of it in a second. Anyway, oh, Tatum O'Neill so won. I'm like looking down the aisle. Huh? Tatum O'Neill won that year, didn't she, for Paper Moon? Yes, she did. So I'm looking down the aisle because I want to. Actor, and I want to see what it look, what it looks like, actually looks like for someone to win the Academy Award. So I'm looking at Sylvia Sidney. I got my eye on her, and they say, and the winner is Tatum O'Neill. I'm like, what? <laughs> anyway, Tatum goes up. She's in a little tuxedo. She's like nine. Yeah. And she takes it. <laughs> I remember that actually. Oh my she God. And then, so I lost the report to the commissioner. And I begged them, please wait for me, please. I couldn't. You know, they were all booked. Mm. And uh, I remember seeing the movie when it came out. And there was Susie in all my wardrobe, you know. <laughs> Just hired overnight, so she didn't get to do any search that I had done. So, anyway, that's how, I, that's how it goes. <laughs> it's okay, hard. so it's so hard. all right, so we, we've been on forever, but we have to we have to talk about, we have to talk about David Bowie before we go. How did the man who fell to earth happen? How'd you get that? Are you sure we're not taking up too much time? People's well, time. I mean, they're gone for a long time. It's pandemic. We got one more story in us. They're still here. So let's tell them. Are they? Is anyone yeah, there? Yeah, I don't see anyone on my side. They're no still one. here. They're still here. Same yeah, people. How many people? Who's out there? Tony's here. Deb is here. Rob is here. I don't know. There's, there's, they're all, they're here. They're here. Phil. No, no, there's, there's people. So, so how, um, if you don't want to tell the story I'm of how you got, car, just tell I'm me what I'm, I'm hungry and running out of steam too, but just, I have, you have to talk about David Bowie for a second before we go. Cause it's oh, just I, too I'll be back. I will have you back. Just, just tell a quick story about Bowie. What was it like to work with long, Bowie? Just long tell us. Story. Don't tell the whole story. story. Hi, Catherine. It's so just, long. Well, don't tell the whole story. Just say, just give us highlights. Was it okay, wonderful? I got a part in a film called Earth, and David Bowie was hired. And then we went to uh, New Mexico and shot the film. And did you like him? 
course. You did Wonderful. frontal. You did full frontal nudity with Bowie. I mean, I'm, I mean, it's like mind blowing. Who told you that? I saw it. I watched it. I've seen the movie. Yeah, but the uh, some of the bodies were not mine. Oh. When I come back, when I come back to visit him after not seeing him for a long, long time, and I was an older gal, and then we're on the bed with lobster and banana, all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. And he threatens to kill me with a gun because I know too much. And then I realize it's a fun game. And then that's when they had this other woman's body. This woman, I guess, in her 60s or she could have been 70. She's it what? was not me. Wow. I'm gonna have to yeah. take another look at that because it's it, it, the body yeah, looks I really had a, a woman's body. Oh thanks. No, the body At looked pretty we did that. I was in my twenties. <laughs> I thought the body looked pretty damn good in the movie, frankly. Well, she did too, because she was doing nude standing stuff. Wow, that's crazy. All right, I'm going to let you go, because we have been on a long time, and it was stressful getting on, but I'm know, really my glad. my hair went flat. And when, I, when we started, it was all fluffy. I have pictures from when we first started. No, your hair looks great. You look beautiful. Everybody's been saying how gorgeous <laughs> you are. Seriously. They want to know your beauty secrets, so... We'll do yeah. another show. Okay. We'll talk beauty. Okay. We'll talk beauty. We'll talk beauty. We'll talk Bowie and we'll talk everything that happens. Yeah. Since. We'll go into, we'll elaborate on the man who felt and great alive to the set and tell you all about it. And there's lots of other there's Zodiac, there's Twin Peaks, there's, oh, there's so many movies, TV things and. So there's Good. a lot to talk about. And as okay, you can see, time. I like to talk. <laughs> next time we'll make sure the Zoom links work. Both times you've done this show, we've had tech problems. And I hate this platform because it's been, it's lagging. So I'm having trouble hearing you sometimes. Anyway, whatever. I'm glad we did it. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for spending this pandemic evening with us. Is it going to be on Facebook? Will I be it? Oh yeah. When's it going? When does it load over? It's already on now. It's been live on Facebook this whole time. That's what we really? did. Yeah. <laughs> Except it says dog some more time. It okay, says Randy Bowie. <laughs> it says Randy Coleman though, so I gotta go in. I gotta change that really fast. <laughs> Don't they see our picture? Yes, they can see us. We're talking. They're, yeah, they're here with us live. Even though it says Randy. Even though it's the dream. Yeah, they're still here. They're all saying thank you now. Catherine James saying thank you. Christina saying thank you. Phil saying thank you. Yeah, Catherine's on. Catherine. And Marge is saying beautiful, look great. Yeah, everybody's. Catherine. Catherine was on yesterday too when when Dan Navarro was on. Hi, Catherine. I yeah, it's nice. Catherine's a good person. Like she, wrote, she wrote a book. I wanted her to do Women Who Write years ago. She wrote a book. She has an amazing life. I don't know her life. I mean, I know the headlines, but I don't know her. and pain and an orphanage and a, wow. a, a very wicked and, ah, 
Oh, wow. It's a great, it's a great story. And um, Catherine just said, I love you, Sandy Clark. She goes through all of that. And, you know, she is still gorgeous. And she got into the rock, rock world. And she has stories that you would love. Catherine, well, you got to do this. Catherine, you got to do it. Catherine, we're going to have you on. I got to hear the story. Got to hear the stories. She knows all the backstage stories. Ooh, that sounds fun. I love it. Right, I love Catherine? It. <laughs> all um, uh, Aris says, Candy and I were at Fatello's together once. Aris Kakis, my friend Aris was with you at Fatello's, I don't know. So Catherine just said, yes, yeah, she'll be happy to do the show, I guess. She's saying, oh, okay. Oh, please, Catherine. Okay. Put on we'll your leopard, leopard coat. And... Yeah, I put on a little feather. I thought I'd dress up for company. You look fantastic. You look gorgeous, as you always do. You have excellent taste. I mean, I've run around with you quite a bit. You are an incredible dresser. You have amazing fashion sense. You do. You know where I get most of my clothes? Where? store it's unbelievable this is this is probably a 12 dollar item wow it's cool it looks fantastic with a feather collar fantastic you look fantastic I don't like spending money on on clothes it's a it's a bad investment <laughs> when you can buy them really nice at the you know at the secondhand store fantastic and then the dry cleaner well, you do great. You always look amazing. You have a coat that you wore every time we ran, a couple times when we ran around that I was coveting. I can't even remember what it looked like. It was just fantastic. And anyway, you dress, <laughs> your your fashion sense is amazing. And you're, you're just a gorgeous you. woman. You have a beautiful face. You have a beautiful smile. You're just a beautiful woman. It's been lovely to to, to gaze upon you for these, these this time. Yeah, I have a good time. <laughs> even in this weird era you do well thank you but so you much have for me. you have helped me you know i was reluctant i was thinking what am i going to talk about same old stories and i probably look really bad after you know being in contained for so long <laughs> but you made it really easy well, thank you. And thanks so much for doing this. And I'm going to have you back and you'll tell us the rest of the stories. And yeah, we'll pick up. We'll pick up. And thanks. For, we'll pick. Well, we can't pick up any drugs because I'm sober. Well, we can pick up the stories. And no. I want to oh. talk to you about, I want to talk to you about that, by the way. Drugs. <laughs> I want to talk to you about that because I remember in the last time we talked, you talked about that you were like a teenage drunk or something, but then. You don't have yeah. But you don't have but you you drink like a normal normal person now, right? Yeah. Okay, we're gonna talk about that too. Okay, we're gonna I've got a lot of good stories. We're gonna hear all those stories. I love you. Thank you for doing this. And uh thank you all for joining us out there. And I'll see you tomorrow on shooting the shit with Vicky. And I love you, Candy Clark. I'm gonna give you keys. Mwah.